0: Welcome to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is episode 21, Where Do I Begin My Walk? I hope this podcast finds you well, and I've been away for a few weeks, busy with work, of course, but I've also been prioritizing my friendships and my relationships. I've spent some time with my big, handsome guy, and I've spent time with my cousins, my mom, and my goddaughter— and some of my closest friends. And I'm realizing as I get older, I have to put more work into prioritizing my relationships, but that work has become a labor of love because I truly enjoy pouring into others who then pour into me. And I've, you know, I don't wait for a phone call. I don't say, well, they didn't hit me up, so if someone pops into my mind, I call, I text, I visit. And I just pray that you guys are all doing the same. Don't wait to spend time with people. If you haven't heard from someone, don't assume it's because they don't care about you or they have other friends that they care about more. You have no idea what someone else is going through. And of course, if you're always hitting them up, you know that can be an imbalance and that can be a problem. But I want to encourage you to love freely, beloved. Love in a way that fills you up. Love in a way that doesn't only do something because you, re- you expect something in return. Sometimes it's OK to just be open, spend time with the people that you want to spend time with because tomorrow is promised to no one. And you don't want to be in a situation where months have passed and you realize that someone that you really used to care about isn't in your life anymore just because you were too proud to pick up the phone. Now, before we begin, there's two things I want to talk about. First, thank you so, so much to those of you who have left a comment or rated this podcast on iTunes. It is truly a blessing to not only see the ratings for the podcast, but to read the different things you all have learned from the podcast. My only goal in creating this this passion project of mine was to create a space for me and you to draw closer to God and to work on our emotional well-being. I know I've grown doing this podcast, and I'm happy to see you guys growing with me. So keep the comments coming. Head over to iTunes, you know, pause this episode right now if you haven't done so already. And if you enjoy the podcast, if you appreciate what I'm doing here, if you've ever been touched by a topic or a message or a response, please rate and comment. It's free, and it means the world to me and really helps this podcast grow. It allows for people who are interested in topics like spiritual care, emotional well-being, to see this podcast when they do a search in iTunes. The more you comment, the more you rate, the better the chances are that someone that needs to hear this message will hear it. Second, this podcast episode is brought to you uh, by author J.S. Park. Now, J.S. Park is an amazing pastor and author who is known uh, for going from being a devout atheist to a skeptical pastor. And I'll go more into his work uh, in the self-care section of this week's podcast, but his book, What the Church Won't Talk About, has been an influential part of my own personal walk. And as a Christian, I always want to challenge myself to seek God with every issue that comes across my path. It's the things that we do when no one is looking, the things that we don't talk to God about, or that the church doesn't address with its congregation that causes us all to slip and fall. But bringing those conversations to light and praying about it, it pulls us closer to God and away from making those mistakes. So check out Pastor J.S. Park and his amazing books on Amazon. I will share the links on my blog and details in this podcast episode, as well as talk about two of the books that he sent me. And when I say that it's sponsored by uh, Pastor J.S. Park, it doesn't mean that I've been paid. Um, I was in contact with him because I had read one of his books, and I shared with him how excited I was to purchase the book and then also to read it. And he reached out to me, saw that I was doing a podcast, and graciously sent me a copy, I will be doing a series of podcasts about the topics that are talked about in the book, and I may even be doing a giveaway because as a result of him sending the book, and I had already purchased the book, I have an extra copy, and I'd love to give that away. So I'm figuring out a way to incorporate this amazing book into the podcast, and also in a way that I can share it with you guys so that you guys can receive a word in season. So let's go ahead and begin with this podcast. And as always, we're going to begin with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us an opportunity to meet and gather and fellowship. There may be Christians listening to this podcast who are just beginning. They've just given their life to you, and they want to know where to begin. Or they're a Christian who maybe they've been a Christian all their life, and they're realizing that they've just been going through the motions, and they want to know, how do I begin my walk? my conscious decision to walk with you, to incorporate you into my life, to their life, and to allow you to have a space in their heart. This podcast episode can be the difference between a person going through the motions with their faith and a person truly seeking you and seeking your faith. I pray that you allow any person listening to this podcast to come with an open heart and an open mind, that they see that Christianity is not about rules and the restrictions that are often the focus of so many conversations, but at the end of the day, it's about a relationship with you. I pray that this podcast opens eyes and opens hearts and allows you to have a place in their heart that brings you closer to them and makes life a little bit easier. Because we all know that being a Christian doesn't mean that life will be perfect or even that it will get easier. Oftentimes, dedicating our lives to you will mean more frustrations, more temptation, more difficulty. But in knowing that we can turn to you with all of our hang-ups, all of our confusions, all of our questions, life becomes more manageable because we don't have to go through it alone. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One of the things that I get asked the most through my blog is, where do I begin? I have a lot of people who are new to the faith or people who have been Christians a long time but want to renew their faith who don't really know where to start. It can be overwhelming, and many of us know that we're supposed to read the Bible, but we don't know where to begin. Do we read front to back? Are there some places to start, to skip? How do we read the word? How do we pray? When do I know that God is talking to me? And how do I know if God is listening? I want this episode to exist as a launching point. Now, it's not the only place to start. It's just one place to start when you're trying to answer some of those questions. There is no right or wrong way to seek God's face, but I want to offer my perspective on how to dive in without being too overwhelmed, and this is just my perspective, and I hope that you find it helpful. As always, I've created a companion document at www.mystrengthandmyshield.com. There you'll find a worksheet for this episode with all the scriptures that we talk about today. Each sheet that is on www.mystrengthandmyshield.com is its own PDF, so you can save it and refer to it in the future, or you can read along with it as you listen to this podcast, or you can do both. So head over to the website uh, and go ahead and get that sheet and read along or save it for the future. So I wanted to focus on three specific things to start off with. Question one, where do I start with Bible study? Number two, should I go to church? And number three, how do I work on my relationship with God? Now, I have a podcast episode about prayer, and it's the first ever episode. It's called The One About Talking to God and a Therapist. I don't want to repeat myself, so just go ahead and listen to that podcast if you're having questions about where to begin when it comes to talking to God in prayer. But I will say, in general, prayer is the number one way to get closer to God and also to demonstrate our faith in God. Prayer is important, and it should be something that you build into your daily routine. It doesn't always have to be something super formal, but you should get into the habit of turning to God when you have those everyday struggles, or when you just want someone to talk to, or when you're just thinking out loud. Uh, You should start to incorporate prayer into your everyday aspect as you're growing as a Christian. So let's jump in with the meat of the topic for today. First part, where do I start with Bible study? Now, the Bible says, and again, you can find us on the worksheet at www.mystrengthandmyshield.com. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, For correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Reading the Bible is important for different reasons. Each book of the Bible has its own different purpose, it has different purpose, context, and a different author often. It's important that you understand the Bible exists as a testimony to teach us how God works, to give, us, to give us historical context about our religion, and to instruct us. You need to be a person who reads the word because the word gives us a foundation to build up on. Now, I'll say that the Bible needs to be understood in context. And what I mean is that the word has power because it's written by men who have been inspired by God. Essentially, understand that each book of the Bible has its own perspective. And even though you can read and disagree with the perspective, you have to know to extract the lesson that God is trying to show you through that word. So in this year, 2017, there are going to be Bible verses that are difficult to read. That doesn't mean don't read it. Every time I come across a Bible verse that puzzles me or goes against my own understanding, I push myself to pray about it. And I ask myself, why is this verse in the Bible? When you have that approach, you focus less on your own understanding and open up yourself to what God is trying to show you. God may be trying to show you something about how you live or maybe showing you something about how other people lived in the context of the word and in the world within the Bible. I say this to say, do not discard the difficult parts of the Bible. Pray over it. Ask questions. Look up different interpretations. Be curious and pursue understanding. Now, in the Second Timothy verse that I just quoted, it explains a good way to see the word. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. That means each verse. in each verse, you should be looking for the lesson and valuing the spirit of God within each word. You should read the word looking for correction and training in righteousness that you may become competent in your faith and equipped for all that God has called you to be. Now, as a Christian, you will have purpose and goals led by the word of God. Your purpose and direction will become more clear the more you read and the more you wrestle with the word. When it comes to starting Bible study, I would say that, you know, you could read front to back or you could start with Bible study. Now, I would encourage you to read with Bible study. But if you're going to just read straight scripture, I'd encourage you to start with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Genesis. Genesis then Psalms, Proverbs, Exodus, and then continue. And the reason why I give it that structure is because Jesus Christ is the center of our faith as Christians. And the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, give us the most direct discussion about Jesus. And I think that's where you should begin. Now, Genesis also gives you further context about our faith, a little bit more of the history and the way that, you know, creation of the world and things like that. And then I'd say go into Psalms and Proverbs because they give context both to how we should talk to God and how we should act as people of faith. And the reason why it's important for me to read Proverbs and Psalms is they give us A lot of the well-known verses come from Psalms and Proverbs because they're very quick, sometimes three or four sentences that you can memorize so that you can think about those words anytime you're going through struggle. Those Bible verses in Psalms and Proverbs give us some of the language we can use when we're wanting to talk to God, when we don't know quite what to say, but we know we want to say something that's a really good place to start. So starting in Proverbs and Psalms gives us the words to say, the language that we should be looking for as we grow in our faith. And also just give us, you know, examples of what to do when you're feeling lost, what to say to God when you're feeling frustrated. Um, and so I would say that, you know, I like I said, I would encourage Bible study. Um, just know that, You should read Bible study with an open mind and with a critical eye. Each Bible study comes from a specific perspective, right? Just like the books in the Bible. So make sure you do research into the authors of the Bible study. A good place to go to, um, I use the Bible App U version. And there you can look up specific topics or length of Bible study. So let's say you want a Bible study specifically about schoolwork or about your relationship, or you want a Bible study that's going to take you through fasting for a week or 40 days or something like that. You can go to the Bible app and just look through topics or length of time. And the one that I use is YouVersion. version. Obviously, there's there's multiple versions. Um, so even with Bible study, know that you should still question everything. Your Bible study leads you through the text. But you can still challenge the Bible study and you can still challenge the text. If you're reading a Bible study plan and you're like, "Uh, this doesn't feel right, that doesn't mean don't stop reading. It It just means to continue to question, to have that critical eye that I was talking about. But a Bible study plan can help you to do it in a more manageable way because oftentimes it's just a couple of verses to read each day within the context of understanding how you can be shaped as a Christian. Um, So I know for me, the Bible study that I do with my boyfriend... Um, the one we're doing right now is about um, the gifts that we've been blessed with. And so it gives us like a, a couple of paragraphs from the author of the Bible study. And then we read the verse, uh, you know, the one or two verses that go with that understanding. And it helps us because we can have a conversation about the topic of gifts and also have the structure of the Bible verse to go along with it. So Bible study plans give you some structure. If you're disciplined enough to just read the, the Bible front to back, then you know what works for you. But I'd encourage you if you if you don't want to feel overwhelmed, or if you've tried reading back to front and you feel overwhelmed, you know, find the Bible app. Go online, look for Bible study plans. You can even buy Bible study books off of Amazon if there's a specific pastor that you trust. So the second question is, should I go to church? Now the short answer is yes. The long answer is yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, One day I would like to do a topic on church and some of the hang-ups that people have when it comes to going to church, um, specifically even in the black church, but the Bible makes it very clear that as a Christian, you're not supposed to just sit up and say, wow, it sure is great to be saved, and then sit by yourself and twiddle your thumbs and and just bask in the glory of, of God's grace. You should seek to be a part of the body of Christ and to build up the church. The Bible talks about the importance of corporate worship You praying with other people, worshiping with other people, doing community service, and even just holding the hand of the person next to you, your physical presence in church matters, not only for your own spiritual growth, but also what you can bring to the table to bring someone else closer to God. Now, let me deal with some of the excuses you may have for why you're not going to church. Number one, it's full of hypocrites and sinners. Yes, duh. (laughs) <laughs> we're all hypocrites and we're all sinners. And you go to church because you're a sinner. So don't use the sins of other people as an excuse for you not to work on your own sins in church. You may feel like, you know, how can this person be up in church and they're dressed like this or they act like that? Understand that that's being really judgmental and we're specifically called not to be like that when it comes to our faith. So understand that you're a mess and you're going to church because you're a mess. And you have to understand that that's why other people are going to church as well. So, the second excuse I often hear is giving offerings and tithing seems like a scam. Now, if you're going to church, you should want to give your portion to the church. Churches have ministries that do the work of God that the average person just doesn't do or doesn't have the time to do. Think of your everyday week or a day during the week. Do you spend your time working in soup kitchens, homeless shelters, with the prison ministry taking care of the sick and shut in, visiting people in the hospital? Most churches do all of that and more. Now, if you're going to a church that's falling apart, has no ministries, but the pastor walks in every week shining in his big Mercedes Benz, then stop going to that church. Find another church where you feel comfortable knowing that your money is going towards building up a church that has the spirit of God in it. But that's not an excuse to stop going to all churches. You just need to find a church where you know that your money is being used wisely. Now, the third excuse is, you know, judgmental people. Now, there are some churches where the atmosphere is toxic, where the gossip and the backstabbing is too much and it hinders spiritual growth. That's because the church is full of people and people are imperfect. But again, that's not a reason to not go to church. It's a it's a reason to not go to that church. But then you should just look for another church. And it's hard because you may want to be involved in a church. And when you start to be open and vulnerable, that leads you open to criticism from other people. I would caution you, if you go to a church that pushes you to be a better person, there's a difference between a church that calls you to be greater and a church that condemns you and makes you feel bad about yourself and feel judged. You should focus on being in a church that pushes you to be greater, that inspires you, that after the pastor speaks, you feel charged up and ready to go and attack the world. Um, attack the world, excuse me, but don't leave a church just because you're being challenged. You want to be challenged, but you can leave if you feel like it's so toxic that you can't be yourself and it's a distraction from God. But again, leave that one church and find another one. So there are specific things that I look for when I'm looking for a church. I'm looking for preaching that's rooted in the word, not just testimony, not just the pastor talking about his good fortune or people getting up and shouting about how great God is. I want something rooted in the word because I want, you know, what I want on a Sunday is a word of God that can carry me through the week. I want scripture. I want someone to talk me through the difficult parts of the Bible and to challenge me to seek God by seeking him in the word. I want to focus, I want to go to a church that focuses on kindness and giving, But not just giving to the church, as in the prosperity doctrine. So there's some churches that'll say things like, you know, give us all of your money and you'll be rich. You know, being a Christian, the Bible says specifically, you know, that we're not supposed to hold on to worldly things. It specifically says that it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven um, than a camel to get through the eye of a needle. We're not really supposed to be worshiping money and going to a church that has you focused on the prosperity that you could get by being a Christian, I think that that distracts from the real reason you go to church, which is to develop a relationship with God. You should look for a church that you can see the growth in, that you can see it growing, that it's having new events and new ministries. And you want to go to a church where you feel welcome and uplifted. Now, me, I'm an introvert, and that was something that I had to get used to. I had to get used to going to church and people smiling and greeting me and asking me how I'm doing. And I used to hate that part of church where they tell you to stand up and greet the person next to you. And now, you know, I'm dating uh, a guy who's the son of pastors and I've really been more involved in the church and that has thrust me into being social. Like I was going to my own church, but now that I'm known in his church through his parents, it's definitely a different social situation. But I've learned to love that because I know that there are days when I feel low and the smile of someone else can lift me up and i know that my smile can lift someone else up too in church you can be as open or as private as you like but your presence and your blessing matters your warm body in a seat even if it's just to be the smiling face when pastor says turn to your neighbor say neighbor You you know, that smiling face when someone turns to the person to their right looking for comfort, if it's their first time going to church, you can be the person that brings a person to church and brings them to God just by being a warm and sunny person. Um, And then I also look for a church that focuses not on condemnation, but instead on uplift, um, one that helps you feeling encouraged, not doomed. Um, You know, so when it comes to finding a church, Well, in this day and age, you can find anything on the Internet, right? So many churches have live streams so you can hear a sermon before you go to the church. You can look up ministries. You can look up information about the pastor, even on YouTube to see some of the sermons and how the church looks. When I went to school in um, D.C., I went to eight different churches before I settled on Alfred Street Baptist Church. And the reason why I went from different church to church is there were certain churches where I felt like they were focusing too much on the prosperity doctrine. Um, There were a couple of churches that focused way too much on how homosexuality is a sin and things like that. And I just it felt uncomfortable to hear, you know, there was one pastor who even likened people who were gay to like a foul stench um, in God's nostril. I just don't, I don't believe in that kind of stuff, you know, because I believe as a Christian, God loves everyone. And even though we have different choices we have to make individually in our lives, I don't don't think that God hates people or condemns them to hell just because they're gay. So I would say focus not necessarily on the denomination, but focus on the feeling you get from the church. I've gone to non-denominational, Baptist, Pentecostal, Um, Right now in New York, I'm a member of two churches, uh, one that's Pentecostal, one that's non-denominational, one is a a mega church, and one is more modestly sized, but both have the things that I mentioned before about what I look for in a church in common, and I focus on the feel and the spirit of the church. And last, I just want to read a Bible verse. It's from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 22. It's a little bit long, so that's why you definitely want to go to www.mystrengthandmyshield.com to see the Bible verse, read along with me. But it essentially goes For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would, make it, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the air should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Understand that as a Christian, you're called to be a part of the body of Christ. The church is a part of that body of Christ. You have a purpose in life, just like you can have a purpose within a church. Whether you want to be involved in the, the, the singles ministry, the youth ministry, the music and arts ministry, there are so many places where you can lend your gifts, talents, and abilities to the church. And even if you don't join a ministry, just like I said, just you being in church, you having a physical, warm presence can add to the body of Christ. And lastly, how do I work on my relationship with God? Working on your relationship with God is like working on any relationship. It requires honesty, trust, and communication. And I like to think of God in many ways. I see God as my heavenly father. I see him as my best friend. Um, I see him as the one who knows me the best, the one that I seek to know. And I've saved this topic for last, but I think it's the most important Because your relationship with God is more important than going through the motions of church and reading the Bible, seriously. Because without a personal relationship with God, the words of the Bible can be empty, and going to church can just be something to do. There are so many Christians who do what they are expected to do, but do not have a relationship with God. Meaning, they don't talk to God, they don't trust that God is working in their lives, they doubt God when they don't get what they want, and then they go around and brag about how good God is only when they get what they do want. Having a relationship with God means you praying and talking to God whenever you have a question or a decision to make. It means taking time to read the word so you can learn more about who God is. You develop honesty, By not just saying prayers that are like, you know, thank you God for such and such and dear Lord, I pray for such and such. But when you have honest conversations with God, like, you know, I'm questioning whether this career is for me, Lord, guide me. Or God, I've been making some bad choices when it comes to sex. Can you help me figure this out? Or I realize that I lie a lot, even about little things. Can you help me to be more confident in who I am so I don't have to lie? Or even, God, I'm really upset with you. I pray all the time and I don't hear you. What's going on? Now, some of these prayers may seem too taboo or even disrespectful, you know, to talk to God and say, I'm angry with you. But I'm telling you that God already knows your heart. So if you're thinking about these things, if you're mad at God or you're struggling with, you know, sex or you're struggling with your career path, God already knows. So you might as well talk about it. Let go of the wall of shame and guilt that causes you to not seek God and focus on building a relationship, a real relationship with God. The Bible says in Psalm 73, verse 28, But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell all of your works. Seek to get closer to God. It is good for you to be near God. Get comfortable talking to God about any and everything. When making choices, ask God, is this what you want for me? Is this the person that you've chosen for me? Should this person be in my life? Lord, God, guide me with the choices I make. When Christ died, it was so that we could have a relationship with God, that we didn't have to kill a lamb and sacrifice the blood and do a ritual to know God. We could just pray. Everywhere you go, God is with you. We only feel far from God when we turn away from God. But when we immerse ourselves in honesty, trust, and communication, that's how we build a relationship with God. That's we can hear him, that's how we can feel closer to God, and that's how we can grow in our walk. For the self-care portion of this podcast, I wanted to share with you some of the book selections that have either been a great influence in my life or that I'm currently reading and I'm excited about. I've been saying for the longest time that there are books that I wanted to share with all of you that I've read. And I know that I've mentioned some in the past, such as Living Buddha, Living Christ. But reading books has really been a way to expand my mind, not just intellectually, but spiritually as well. And I will be doing a comprehensive post The only holdup in doing it is that I want to be able to make it like a full list with links and everything. So it's a one-stop shop for anyone looking for some of the books that I've selected. So that's coming. But I wanted to get started by sharing with you some of the books that are already on the list of books I want to read. And the books that I'm suggesting right now are some of the books are not Christian at all. So even if you're not a Christian, you can read these books and you'll be um, you'll enjoy them as I've enjoyed them. And I've also included some Christian books as well. So the first book that I'm currently reading is Americana. By Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Uh, of course, I probably butchered her name, but it's an amazing book about a life and transition between being Nigerian in Nigeria and being Nigerian in America. It's well well written. I'm surprised by how funny the book is at times. And if you are unfamiliar with the author, she was featured in uh, Flawless by Beyoncé. So if you haven't heard of her, I'm sure you've heard her voice where she's speaking about feminism on that track. You should definitely check out the book. The next book is Wild Seed by Octavia E. Butler, and this is not a book I've read yet. But it, I wanted to read books by um, more women of color and also science fiction books or something outside of my typical genre, which is either historical fiction, traditional, um, you know, novels. Or things that are very much more realistic, more written about present times or times in the past. And so reading this book that's science fiction, I'm excited to expand my mind in that kind of way. The next book uh, is a series, Knots and Crosses by uh, Calorie Blackman. And this is another Book written by a woman of color, and it's a dystopia where blacks are in charge and whites are minorities. And to be honest with you, you know, in addition to also wanting to expand my mind, sorry, her name's not Calorie, it's Mallory. <laughs> it's Mallory Blackman. Um, but I wanted to read this book because, in all honesty, I'm excited to read a, a book about what happens when black folk are in charge. I've had many a day when I have just dreamed what it would be like if we were not the minority. So I'm interested in reading that book as well. Um, The next book is Just Mercy, A Story of Justice and Redemption by Bryan Stevenson. So I'm a criminal defense attorney, and this book is very important to me. It's written by the amazing Brian Stevenson, um, the founder of Equal Justice Initiative. Uh, he's even done TED Talks, so you should look him up on YouTube as well. And it's about the criminal justice system, and it will change the way that you see the system and people who have been caught up in it. If you're a person that hasn't necessarily thought much about the criminal justice system, read this book. It will change you. I promise you. The next book is Go Tell It on the Mountain by James Baldwin. Classic book, classic, classic. It's his first major work, uh, and it sets the tone for him being an amazing author. This is a story about a 14-year-old young black man discovering his identity. It's a great book about black culture, um, and it has even some topics about the intersection of black culture with Christianity that um, you'll find very interesting. And the last book that, you know, doesn't necessarily have a Christian focus is Difficult Woman by Roxane Gay. It's a collection of stories about women. Um I I've enjoyed it because it's about It's complicated stories. It shows women being strong, yet vulnerable, confused, happy, sad, the myriad of things that, you know, sometimes stories can be very flat in the way that they portray female characters. And so I enjoy this book because it is a little bit more complicated. And so I've started it, haven't finished it, but I'm excited to finish the book. Lastly, I wanted to focus on the books by uh, J.S. Park that I spoke about a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. The first book that I have read, What the Church Won't Talk About, you know, just as the book is titled, the book aims to discuss some of the taboo topics that the church has shied away from. As much as, you know, we as a faith know that we're all sinners and we should not have shame, Christian culture is often rooted in shame. It blocks us from getting closer to God and letting go of those things that we do that make us feel ashamed. So this book talks about it all, It know um, I'm going to talk to you about some of the chapters in this book. There's one chapter about being a Christian who has left the church, another chapter about sex and dating, another about the lessons that um, Pastor J.S. Park learned in his first week of marriage, another chapter about sexuality, society, and politics, injustice, death and disaster, trauma and depression, heaven and hell. It talks about it all. Like, while this book is not only well-written and just fun and interesting to read, it hits me, you know, the most, what hits me the most is how it opened my mind. So many of us have been raised that there's one kind of Christian and one way to be. And we've either felt isolated from the church because either, number one, we didn't fit that perfect idea of what a Christian should be, or in trying to fit that mold, it causes us to go through the motions of our faith without actually getting closer to God. This book will challenge you. It will push you. And you will be delighted in being able to take some of those modern struggles that you, you and I have every day and to see how it fits into our faith that's thousands of years old. What is constant through the changing times is just how forgiving and understanding God is. And this book, What the Church Won't Talk About, focuses on just that. It creates a safe space to talk about things that we're often too afraid to, And the safe space that's created is between you, God, and the text. And I really enjoyed the book. I know you will, too. Now, Pastor J.S. Park also sent me another book that I haven't read yet, but I'm excited to. It's called The Life of King David, How God Works Through Ordinary Outcasts and Extraordinary Sinners. And I'm I say excited a lot, and I know it's one of those words that's probably over overused, but I truly am excited once I saw this this book because one of the things that's important to me in my own walk is understanding how God takes the unqualified and turns them into people of power. And of importance. Now, again, as Christians, we get caught up in what is supposed to be perfect, but the Bible is full of people who are messy and messed up and who God calls to greatness. Moses, the apostles, even King David, all people who are not perfect, but God elevated. And I'm excited to read this book about, you know, what Pastor J.S. Park calls, you know, the rags to riches story of the most well-known king in the Bible. And Pastor J.S. Park has written about topics ranging from porn addiction to Christian dating to suicide. And he's actually working on a book about depression. And I'm excited for that to come out as well. He also has a Tumblr. It's J.S. Park3000. So you should head over to that Tumblr and tell him Nisi sent you. Um, follow him, read his book, get to know this honest, raw man of God who, through his own vulnerability, will encourage you to be vulnerable with God. So I hope that you've enjoyed some of the. The book suggestions that I've given, you know, for me, reading books has been self-care because it's a truly um, intimate time with my thoughts. Reading books, challenging myself to read different genres, different perspectives, it really does help me to get my mind off of the stressful things that go on in life. Expanding my mind helps me to realize that the world is so much bigger than every issue that I have and it's a part of the reason why I dive so deeply into my spiritual growth is because it's just a reminder that it's not always about me. Open your mind, see the world that's in front of you, appreciate different perspectives. So I hope that the topics, um the titles, whether it's the Christian perspectives or even the non-Christian books will challenge you to pick up a book, open your mind and to take care of yourself a little bit more by spending some time alone with your thoughts. Finally, for the last part of this podcast, I wanted to answer some questions that were sent into to me. If you have a question that you'd like to be answered on the podcast, you can always drop me a message at um, to my Tumblr, which is youngblackandvegan.tumblr.com. And you can just mark it for the podcast, just put it in brackets, or you can send me an email to strengthandshieldpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Any messages will always be answered anonymously. So, you know, I am more prone to answer the questions that come to my email quicker than the ones that go to my Tumblr inbox. So these the, question, the second question I'm answering is a little bit late, but... If you do have a question that's more pressing that you want me to answer more quickly, go ahead and send it to Podcast at gmail.com. So the first question that I wanted to talk about, and it's not a direct, like I'm not even going to dignify the person who sent it in by reading the message, but I kind of just wanted to give you some context. So there was a post that happened on Tumblr um, that effectively was someone else got a message to them talking about um, if there were a question, did they... They support people who are homosexual. And the response that that person gave was, you know, I don't hate anybody. um, I just don't support the lifestyle. So I made the comment that, you know, a lot of Christians fall into the trap of reciting a cliche so that they don't have to think about their actual answers. So when you find someone who's just repeating something that they've heard over and over again, a lot of times what it means is that they haven't actually taken the time to formulate their own opinion. So what I was trying to say is that if you're a Christian who says things like, I don't support the lifestyle, that you should realize that what you're saying is not helpful and is actually really damaging because people who are gay or are part of the LGBT community, they are not looking for you to support their lifestyle. They're not looking for you to come and give them a pat on the back and to walk into their bedrooms and to co-sign on whatever they do in the privacy of their own home. They're asking to be treated with respect and dignity. And anytime you give the flippant response of, I just don't support the lifestyle, what you're doing is causing people to feel isolated. And if you're doing that under the guise of Christianity, I would challenge you to think a little bit harder. Because I know we've all grown up with, you know, hate the sin, not the sinner, and all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to push you to understand that above all else, we are called to love and to respect people. You do not have to co-sign anyone's life, and you also don't need to proclaim that you don't support their lifestyle. At the end of the day, I think the best response should be that you love everyone. You don't care who they love, who they marry, what they do in their own home. That is neither none of your business, nor should it be an excuse for you to project your own feelings onto someone else's quote-unquote lifestyle. So anyway, I received a couple of messages that, you know, One of the messages said, you're a lost Christian, right? And I didn't immediately realize that it was a response to my response about the cliche. Um, I, I kind of just responded that, you know, I know that you're trying to be hurtful, but I do believe that all Christians are lost and I don't pretend to be perfect. So I'm not uncomfortable with saying that I am a lost Christian. I'm seeking God, you know, through his grace, I am found, but I'm always seeking answers. So being a lost Christian, that's not an insult to me. I then received a bunch of messages that said, you know, you're gonna pay for the lives that you're leading astray. Um, And then I realized that it was about my response about challenging people on the idea of just walking around saying you don't support the lifestyle. So there were a couple of messages, and eventually I just blocked the person because I've realized that it wasn't really about a conversation with me or asking me about my opinion or challenging me. There was no scripture that was you know, quoted other than to say that not everyone is qualified to lead people when it comes to Christianity. So I just wanted to address that point for two reasons, right? Number one, I have said and have always said that I'm not a perfect person. Even me doing this podcast is more about me trying to seek God and sharing that journey. It is not my job to tell you how to do your walk. I am only sharing my thoughts, my opinion, and like I have said in every part of this podcast, challenge everything you hear challenge me, challenge my intentions, challenge the the scriptures that I'm reading to you. I am just one Christian, one perspective, one speck in the grand scheme of the thousands of years that people have worshipped our Lord and Savior. I am but one person. And what that means is that God gives us the free will and the common sense to look at the word and come to our own conclusions. So again, when it comes to issues of homosexuals, if you're coming to my podcast or coming to my my blog expecting me to rag on people like that, I'm not going to do it. But if you're going to say that I'm leading people astray, that brings me to my second point. You do not have to be a perfect person to share your testimony. So many people in the Bible are just people who have a testimony, something to share, to share with someone else about their own walk. One of the people that I identified the most with in the Bible, and I've talked about it before, is Moses. Moses was called to lead people out of Egypt, and he himself didn't think he was skilled. He didn't know the words to say. He didn't think he was good enough. Um, Being raised in Egypt, he had no idea how he was going to relate to the Jewish people. And I am telling you that you should relate that to your own life that as long as you preface it by saying, hey, I'm not perfect, but this is who I am and this is my story, feel comfortable sharing your perspective. I will always speak up for what I think is right. I come from the perspective that I've done the worship, I've done the the research, I've done the things that have helped me to form my opinion, but I know that in five years maybe my opinion can change. But I, I reject the idea that you have to be this perfect person in order to seek God and to talk to other people about your faith. That's why I make sure that I include scripture. That is why I make sure that I pray at the beginning of every podcast. That's why when people ask me questions, even on my Tumblr, I try to pray before I respond, especially when it comes to spirituality. Because I want to make sure that it's rooted in my faith and not just Nisi's opinion. So I didn't respond to the messages, especially when it started to get into you're going to pay for leading people this way and that, and that you're not qualified to speak on it. I have never said that I'm a perfect person, nor that I'm I'm not a pastor. I didn't go to ministry school. I don't have a doctorate in theology. I'm just Nisi, a person who's sharing her perspective. And if I know that sharing that I'm imperfect, but I'm seeking God can help someone else do that, then I'm going to do that. And I want to challenge you, if one, you're the kind of person that walks around thinking you can tell people who is and is not qualified, then you should, you should really check yourself because it's not really up to you. You telling me that I'm a lost Christian and things like that, you have no idea the kinds of conversations I'm having with God. And the person that sent me those messages you know, asked me a question about the podcast and was like, what is your podcast even about? Are you qualified? And I wanted to be like, trick. Listen to the podcast before you sit down and criticize it. Know that it's always from the perspective of Niecy's just Niecy. I'm not a pastor. I'm an attorney, but I'm just sharing my walk. You know, so sometimes you have to just block out the people that you know the difference between someone calling you out and being like, hey, I want to help you be accountable. But if it's a stranger coming to you anonymously just with judgment, just disregard it. Because if a person hasn't earned the relationship with you to tell you, Um, the things that they think are in your best wishes, I would just encourage you to just ignore it. You know the difference between a word in season and something that's coming from a judgmental place. Now, quickly, the second question I got, um, it says, I got it through my Tumblr inbox, and it says, for the podcast... How do I stop feeling lonely and excluded? My friends are busy people, but I can't help feel that they make more time for their other friends besides me, and I just feel so inconvenient. And it sucks to feel like convenience is such a major character in my close friendships. I don't think I need more friends necessarily. I already have difficulty sometimes making time for everyone I care about, but I just feel like I'm prioritizing my friends more than they're prioritizing me. This kind of touches on some of the things that I've talked about at the beginning of the podcast, but there's two things I want to tell you. One, it sounds like you have too many friends. It sounds like you're using the word friend very loosely. If you're talking about you don't have time for your own friend, you know, You you both feel like you're having difficulty sometimes making time for everyone you care about, but then also feeling like they're not making time for you. It means that you may be using the term friends to relate to people that are just acquaintances. So I would really just encourage you to focus on, okay, who is your core circle? Who are the two or three friends that you really do trust? And understand that friends can have different purposes in your life. You can have one friend that's your hangout friend, one friend that's your prayer friend, one friend that you come to when you're crying. You know, what I would encourage you, the second thing is you mentioned it yourself, that you're talking about friendships of convenience. Friendships in middle school, elementary school, pre-K, their friendships of a convenience, right? Because you guys have the same classes together, so you just end up being friends. You look one day and you see that that person's using a blue crayon and blue's your favorite color. Now you guys are best friends. When you grow up, you realize that sometimes friends drift apart. And it doesn't mean that you're not worthy of friendships. It can mean that people change. It can mean that you change. But friendships take work. And you have to determine to yourself, is it this person, is this relationship worth the effort, or does this make me feel exhausted? So if you have a couple of friends that you feel like you're not making, that are not making time for you, you can always say, hey, can I see you more? I miss you. Let's go grab a drink, or let's grab a bite to eat, you know? It doesn't always have to be a value judgment of this person doesn't care about me, but I will also say that if you're having a difficult time scheduling all the people you care about, you might be using the friend term very loosely, and maybe some of the people that you're thinking of as friends are really just your acquaintances, and maybe they see you as an acquaintance too. So that's, that may sound a little bit harsh, but it might be time for you to just take a step back and think, okay, who are my friends? Who are my hangout people? Who are my acquaintances? Who are the people that I just know? You know? And if you miss a friend, then say so. Don't make it about jealousy. Don't make it, well, my friends are busy with other friends and I'm feeling jealous. That's because that's what it sounds like. When you say that you feel inconvenient and you're making comparisons about how much time they're spending with other people, then it's not really about you wanting a relationship with this person. You just want a relationship that's like other people's relationships. Make sure that your motivation for wanting to spend time with your friend is because you actually want to spend time with them and not just because you're jealous of other people's relationships. So those are, you know, the quick and dirty of two topics. You know, like I said, if you have any questions, you can send them to youngblackandvegan.tumblr.com, send them over to my inbox, or you can shoot me a message at strengthandshieldpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So that's it, beloved. That brings us to the end of this podcast episode. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. Uh, Thank you again to Pastor J.S. Park for sending me these amazing books. I'm so excited to dive in to the one about King David. And I'm excited to share with all of you more about the book, What the Church Won't Talk About. I really wanna encourage you to know that the way to grow closer to God is to let go of the shame and the guilt that you have. Because in all honesty, there's nothing going on in your life that God can't deal with. Every issue you have, you know, you can be a f- ashamed to tell your friends, you can be ashamed to tell your family, but you should have no shame when it comes to God. Talk to God about everything. God loves you when you're messy. God loves when you're a mess and you turn to him for comfort. Because so many of us turn to Um, things that are a distraction. And anytime you turn to God when you're feeling low, it makes him rejoice. Like the prodigal son, every time you return to God, it makes him feel happy and it makes you feel closer to God. So go ahead and uh, rate or comment on iTunes if you haven't done so already. It truly helps me to feel encouraged and also helps the podcast grow. If you are a person that would like your uh, product or your business to be featured on the podcast, or if you'd like to sponsor an episode, you can send me an email to strengthandshieldpodcast at gmail.com. So until the next episode, take care of yourself, beloved.